0: set the captives free leave us abandoned in your praise Lord let your glory Why, Lord, have your way with us. God, see me, fire, into flame. A passion for your name, Spirit of God, fall in this place. Lord, have your way, Lord, have your way.
1: Good morning and welcome to our service today, the 14th of March, 2021. The year seems to be going very quickly and we're already into the middle of our third month. But hopefully we have the opportunity to look forward to a summer where we can all get together as this pandemic hopefully recedes. Today is also Mothering Sunday. Cheryl told me I wasn't allowed to forget. So I want to wish everyone out there who's a mother, a happy Mothering Sunday. If you see the odd daffodil popping up that's because mark is hopefully trying to improve the service so let's see if that happens really we're here to look at our ongoing journey in the book of philippians and we're going to follow through with chapter one but focusing on the first half of verse 27 conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel and so we're going to carry on thinking about that and what it means for us what did jesus do and what lessons can we learn from his journey and how can we apply that to our lives? What does it mean for us to be a Christian? And we're gonna think a little bit about that when Tim comes to speak to us later and I'll share some of my own thoughts. To begin with, we're going to think about and sing a song, Guide me, O thy great Jehovah, pilgrims in this barren land. I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me in thy powerful hand. Lead me on my journey. Lead me through when I'm anxious. Allow my fears to subside. Guide me, O thy great Jehovah. Let's sing. What is it that I once held dear? What is it that I considered to be the most important things in life? Were they really important? Or was it knowing you and seeking a life with you that was more important? All I once held dear and built my life upon, all this world reveres and wars to own. Now my heart's desire is to know you, Lord, to be known as yours. For you are my joy, you are my righteousness. All I once held dear, let's sing. Behold a man upon a cross. Whose sin is he carrying? Does he deserve to be on that cross? See a man hanging on a tree who came to die for you and me. He hangs there not because he was evil or did bad things, but because he came to humble himself and die for each and every one of us. I will not boast in anything other than the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ who came to this earth and died for each and every one of us. How deep is the Father's love for each and every one of us that he should sacrifice his only son, that you and I should have new life. How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure. Let's sing. Talk about living our lives in a manner worthy of the gospel. What is Paul talking about? Tim's going to tell us more. But it made me wonder when I was thinking about this, is what does it mean for me? What do I look at? And what do people expect of me when they hear that I'm a Christian? Do they think I'm boring? Do they think I'm not allowed to go to any parties? Am I meant to be teetotal? Well, clearly that's not true. You know, it's one of these situations where people have different expectations of what it means to be a christian what it means to live the life according to the gospel but really for me it's looking at the examples that jesus gave when he was alive he stood up for people who weren't able to stand up for themselves he was the first one to put himself in the way of harm for example when people were trying to throw stones when people were being negative against people, he stood up for those people who were helpless. He came and served other people. He was humble. He was somebody who would be the first to stand up for what was right. Doesn't mean you can't have fun. Doesn't mean that you can't go out and enjoy yourself. There may be some boundaries and limitations as to what is considered hurtful, what is considered good, what is considered bad, But that's the guide that we get from the gospel, what he did, how he lived his life as an example for each and every one of us. And if we look at what he did, for example, when he changed water into wine, doesn't mean that you have to stop having fun. Doesn't mean that you can't have an enjoyable life. But it does mean that at the heart of everything we do is to love our God and to love our neighbour And supporting and helping other people and putting other people first and putting the gospel of the Lord and fulfilling his will is what we're here to do. So when I think about what it means to conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel, it's trying as far as possible to say we're not good enough. We're not always worthy, but we will try and we will try and do our best to live as Jesus did, to stand up for those people who are less able, to help those who can't help themselves, to not criticise others, but to realise that we are the ones who deserve criticism and that Jesus's death and sacrifice on the cross is what redeems us. That's what I see when we talk about conducting yourself in that manner. And so we're going to sing our next song. From heaven you came, helpless babe, the servant king. Because he came down to this world to serve us, to sacrifice himself for each and every one of us so that we may have new life. And we recognise and we live that. And we demonstrate that in our sacrifices and our offering and our support and our work into the communities and tell people of our journey, as a representation of what Christ did for each and every one of us, so they may too know what it is like to have Christ in your life. So let's sing, from heaven you came, helpless babe.
2: Philippians 1, chapter 1, verses 12 to 27. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labour for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. So that through my being with you again, Your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ.
0: Come upon the waters great unknown where feet may fail there I find you in the mystery in oceans deep my faith will stand they will call upon your name Keep my eyes above the waves, an ocean's rise, so rest in your embrace, for I am yours and you are mine. Grace abounds in deepest waters, the sovereign hand will be my guide. Deep may fail if this around me, never fail, and you will start now. I will call upon your name. my eyes above the waves so rest in your embrace for i am yours and you are mine Let me walk upon the waters, wherever you would call me. Sing me deeper than my feet could ever wander. And my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. And I will call upon your name. Keep my eyes upon the wise, my soul rest in your embrace, for I am yours and you are mine.
3: We come now to that part of our service
4: where we bring the needs of the wider world to God and ask him to intervene. Now, Paul, in his letter to the Philippians that we are looking at at the moment, wrote movingly about his partnership with other believers in spreading the good news of Jesus. So we'll join together to pray for a particular group of workers. But, hey, it's Mother's Day, so first of all, will bring mothers to God right now. Father God, we thank you for mothers and ask that you will give wisdom and strength to them, for they have great responsibilities, especially with those who are living in deprived circumstances, be it a city centre or refugee camp. They seek to feed and look after their little ones, so please help them, Father, and bring them the aid that they so desperately need. And then, loving Father, we want to thank you for the 64 years that you have guided the work of Operation Mobilisation, as they brought the message of love to many countries around the world. Thank you, too, that you have blessed the Logos Hope Ship Ministry of theirs for 50 of those years. And even though the current pandemic has prevented the ship from visiting this country, You have used that change of plan to enable the crew to bring help and hope to many in the Caribbean island that's been devastated by Hurricane Dorian as they've helped rebuild homes and lives. We ask that you will continue to help them to spread your love by practical help as well as by spoken word. We ask too, Father, that you will work in the lives of the many thousands of people who have visited the ship as it has been in ports around the world. That what they have experienced of your love whilst on board will stay with them and develop into a dynamic faith that they will share with other people. Powerful God, we ask that you will give power to the 5,000 members from 113 nations that form the OM teams as they currently work in around 110 countries. We are saddened that Europe is the only continent where the Christian Church is decreasing in number and we ask that you will help them to awaken us to once more become Christian nations. Please we ask Pour your spirit on the hundreds of young people who take part in OM's team challenge, that their faith will be strengthened and those to whom they speak will discover for themselves you as their saviour. Lord, you took your disciples to a quiet place to pray. Help us to join with OM and other Christian organisations as we pray for the extension of your kingdom. Help us to realise that with your help, no place is too hard, no people too far, and no language too difficult. Help us to believe that the gospel has the power to change everyone and everything. This we ask in the name and the power of Jesus our Saviour.
5: Amen. What does it mean to conduct yourself in a manner that's worthy of the gospel of Christ? It's all about how we live our lives on a day-to-day basis. When people look at us they they should see people who live out the good news of Jesus in practice. But do they? This is where the rubber really hits the road. How much does what we believe in our hearts have an impact on how we live? For better or for worse, we represent the good news of Jesus to people who rarely, if ever, set foot inside a church. When people look at us, can they see from our lives that the gospel really is good news? Are we living a life that's worthy of the gospel? When Paul talks about living a life or how we conduct ourselves, the word he uses here has connotations of playing an active part in society, fulfilling a civic duty. Are we being responsible citizens? Citizenship was a big issue in Roman Philippi. The city was a colony of Rome and proud of it. Everywhere you looked there was Roman architecture, inscriptions were written in Latin rather than in Greek. The city was run by Roman citizens. And there were immense privileges to being a Roman citizen in Philippi. You could live tax-free. You had the right to prosecute civil lawsuits. You were allowed to buy, own and transfer property. If you were a Roman citizen in Philippi, your citizenship was crucial to your sense of identity. Your loyalty was first and foremost to Rome. You might not actually be able to live in Rome yourself. But in Philippi, you could live your life in as Roman a way as possible. Now, if you were not a Roman citizen, but part of the majority Greek population in Philippi, I suspect all this emphasis on Rome could be a little bit irksome at times. But in Philippians 3.20, Paul throws into this mix the idea that those who believe in Jesus are actually citizens of heaven. How does that work? Well, as a citizen of heaven, that means your loyalty lies with Jesus Christ, the absolute ruler to whom one day every knee will bow and every tongue declare that he is Lord. He has an authority and a majesty and a power greater even than that of the Roman emperor. Bit of a mind-boggling claim to make in those days. It also means that though you don't live in heaven, yet... Heaven is where you really belong, and you know that. So when it comes to how you conduct yourself in your daily life, you conduct yourself as a citizen of heaven, living out your life in a way that conforms to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Where you belong determines how you behave. Knowing who you are makes a difference to how you live. Living a life worthy of the gospel is about living as a citizen of heaven. Now, we know so much about how important Roman culture was to the minority elite in Philippi because their allegiance to Rome left an indelible mark on the city that has been unearthed in archaeological excavations. The way they lived was really distinctive. They stuck out like a sore thumb. But that prompts a question. What is it about the place of the gospel of Jesus Christ in our lives that makes us stick out, that marks us out? As distinctive. As citizens of heaven what impression do we leave on the society that surrounds us? What kind of difference do we make as we live lives worthy of the gospel? Paul clearly expected the Philippian Christians to make their mark on society. He talks about them standing out from their contemporaries like stars shining on a dark night. And that's a matter of lifestyle. Looking at chapter 2, we see that he expects followers of Jesus to put other people before their own self-interests. Followers of Jesus won't be characterised by the kind of negativity that manifests itself in complaining, grumbling and arguing. Our attitude is not to be determined by what is going on around us, but by the presence of Christ within us. And if our lives are built upon the firm foundation of the good news of Jesus, rather than upon changing external circumstances, there is much about which we can and should be positive, whatever happens. And Paul also says in Philippians 2 that we should be blameless and pure, and that's a big ask. But if we are to be people who conduct ourselves in a manner which is worthy of the gospel of Christ, then that means that at some fundamental level, our lives should be characterised by goodness. So if people come looking to find fault with who we are or how we live, they will be hard pressed to do so. And that's immensely challenging. But knowing that does make me stop and think. If I pursue this or that course of action, will that compromise my identity as a citizen of heaven? Will I be letting the side down? Will my conduct risk bringing dishonour on the name of Christ? Am I going to be living in a manner worthy or unworthy of the good news I profess to believe? Stop and think about who you are. And what about being pure? Well, that's another challenge. In our deacons' meeting last week, we were invited in the context of thinking about our need of forgiveness, to reflect on anything God might be calling us to let go, to set aside. But I remember thinking that it's important for us to be the same all the way down, so that the image we project on the outside is not masking or concealing something on the inside which is not as good as it should be. Now, clearly, if what lies beneath the surface is not good, that is something we need God to deal with and take away from us. But for that to happen, the first step has to be a willingness on our part to let go of that falsely positive image we project to everyone else. Being pure means we stop pretending that we're better than we really are and we face up to the reality of the kind of person we are deep down inside. And once we do that, once we're honest about ourselves... That opens the door for the Spirit of God to come in and deal with whatever lurks beneath the surface, changing us for the better at the very core of our being. It's that power the gospel has to turn our lives around that makes it good news, good news that can save us, the worst of us, whoever we are, whatever we've done. So the key to starting to live a life that's worthy of the gospel is to allow the gospel to deal with us. And the good news is that Jesus knows the things about us that that aren't acceptable, and yet he still accepts us. With Jesus, you don't need to pretend. That sense of being accepted can bring us to the point where we don't need to try and cover up who we are or what we've done. Instead, we can acknowledge our inadequacy and admit our guilt, Open the door for Christ to come in and take those things away and release us from our past and the hold our past has over us. And give us a new identity as citizens of heaven. And when that happens, there's no longer any credibility gap between the people we appear to be on the outside and the people we really are on the inside. It's that integrity that enables us to live lives that really are worthy of the gospel of Christ. People who live on earth as responsible citizens of heaven, because that is who Christ has made us. That's what Christ can do for you if you put your life in his hands. That's the life-changing good news of Jesus Christ.
0: face and all is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's a word that will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship And it's all about you all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it, but it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. In this world, no one could express. You deserve, though, and we can't fall. All I have is yours, every single breath. i bring you more than a song For a song in. you, Jesus, I'm coming back to the heart of worship And it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it But it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus And all is stripped away Then I simply can't